overall, uh, what keeps me peaceful is my relationship with God, man. Like that's, that supersedes all of this. You know, I could stretch till I'm blue in the face, but if, if up here is not right with him, then I'm just not right. everyone welcome to masters of ceremony today we have my good friend the one and only shamari chioke on the show shamari is an accomplished personal trainer from queens with an amazing story of self-transformation through the path of fitness he's really one of the most knowledgeable people i know when it comes to the fields of human anatomy functional strength training proper technique and also making a clear connection between both the physical and spiritual practices that can lead us all towards living a more fulfilled life. In today's episode, we discuss Shamari's journey of how he became his own first client after having a nervous breakdown during college, finding God while locked inside of a bathroom, advice for all those who would like to begin a fitness journey of their own, the importance of having a spiritual practice that supports your physical efforts, and his goals in helping to educate his community on the importance of proper health and fitness. This was probably my favorite podcast thus far on Masters of Ceremony, and I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. Tune in after today's episode to learn more about how you can support this new platform, and also how you can become a winner of a limited edition vinyl of my debut album, The Fifth Tape. Much love, everyone. Yo, my brother, Shamari, welcome to Masters of Ceremony, man. This is uh, this is an honor. Man. Mm. This, is, this is an honor. I feel like I made it in life to oh, some degree. Man. It's an honor <laughs> for me to hear that, bro. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're um, you're you're a very different guest so far on these uh, yeah. podcasts I've done. At this point, I've only done a couple. I'm not sure in which sequence yours will be released, but um. You were certainly somebody I wanted from the jump to bring up on here. Appreciate that. Just because uh, you have such a unique and interesting path. You were joking earlier that uh, you didn't have that interesting of a story, but yeah. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> These days, I, I I added a couple of chapters. So, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, uh, it's rounded itself out. Mm, yes. Well, you've become a very successful personal trainer. Yeah, thank you. You've went through such a deep transformation of self. And uh, I feel like you do have an amazing story. So I want to bring bring you back to just your upbringing and how you were raised and how that instilled the person you are today sitting in wow, front of son. us now. This is cool, man. Yeah. I want to say hi, mom. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was born to uh, two Trinidadian parents, you know, uh, Kelvin and Angela. They uh they migrated to America. It's like my uh, my fourth grade uh you know <laughs> <laughs> report. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, they uh, they migrated they migrated to America around the '80s and they moved to Brooklyn. And you know my mom my mom wasn't trying to raise no child in the same circumstance that she uh that she came from in Trinidad. So yes. she was uh she was determined determined to to give me a better surrounding. So when, um, so when I was conceived, but conceived is when they have sex or, um, yeah, <laughs> which, when, when, which is, when, right, so when I was, the egg, right, right. so <laughs> not when the technical. sperm hit the egg, yeah. when, you know, when it came into the full blown joint, mm. you know, when I was born, <laughs> you know, my, um, my mom, my mom closed on a crib in Laurelton, South Jamaica, Queens, the month after I was born. So I spent about a month in Brooklyn as a baby and then I've been in Laurelton ever since. Yes. But, um. 
But yeah, man. Uh, How was it in your household growing up? Because we're gonna get into your transformation into yeah. becoming a personal trainer <laughs> and getting getting fit and healthy. Yeah. But um. How was it just growing up, you know, from Caribbean parents, something I have, uh, uh, I'm familiar with as well. Just how was it? It's it's funny, um, you know, you you get into your 20s and I don't know, I guess you you mature, right? I don't think age, age is not indicative of maturity, right? But you, you, you reach a certain age and you start like, asking yourself those questions right mm. like like how was my childhood like yeah. 10 years ago you'd ask me that question i would send it fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> you know my mom sucks <laughs> you know but like in in retrospect um i was i was uh i was raised by a, a unrelenting unwaveringly just powerful and strong woman like mm. just a lady who you know my, my parents didn't didn't make it you know, their, their relationship didn't really make it. So, you know, instead of, instead of making my father out to be the things that she probably had a right to make him out to be, she was like, look, like whatever, whatever circumstance we're in, we're going to do with what we got and we're going to make the best of it. Yeah. So I've always, I've always, you know, adopted that mentality where it's like, yo, everything I need is right in front of me, Mm. you know? And and my mother was just amazing for that. Yeah. Like, she never bashed my dad in the house. She never, she never, it wasn't even a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, I didn't know my, my family's cir- circumstance was different mm-hmm. until I got to school. And I was like, oh, y'all niggas got moms and dads? Yeah, <laughs> yeah because cause everything was peace for yeah, the most part. you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, it was structured around until, uh, uh, education. My mother and my father, my father's an art teacher. He taught right down the block at, uh, at PS289. And my mom was a geography teacher at uh, Queens Royal College in Trinidad. And she moved up here. She mm-hmm. uh, she moved into different things. But both my parents are educators. Yeah, which is know? such a blessing. My <laughs> my Jamaican grandmother yeah. was an educator as well. And so. uh, I don't think me and my siblings would have the the intellects that we do if it Without wasn't for, it. for her. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I um, there's always a book in my hand. It's always an enrichment program in the summer. I never did vacation. I did mm-hmm. the NASA camp. I did the NYU space program. Yeah. I did all that, all that craziness. Cause you know, you know how it is. You West Indian. You, yeah. I ain't raising no thug. You ain't hanging out yeah. on nobody's street corner. So yeah. you going in this program and that, mm-hmm. you know, so that was wow. my experience. And growing up, uh, was there a fitness component? Were you playing sports? Were you active? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm aware of this proudly. Cause I know my bro's going to see this back home, but I was a Definitely the most talented basketball player <laughs> in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. In any okay. age range, I'm better than you, Deshaun. I'm better than you, Jeremy. I'm better than you, Denzel. All of y'all, I'll smoke y'all. But, Word. But no, nah, <laughs> I was a basketball I player. I, I thought I was going to the A. I mm-hmm. thought I was going to the A. But then, you know, I grew up to be like five foot seven. Yeah. You know, I was like five foot in ninth grade. you were grade. still nice. Like, I was nice. Though. I was smoke niggas right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real talk. I've seen it. I've seen it. I believe it, man. But, you know, nah, I always, I always loved basketball. And then my dad, my dad plays semi-professional soccer in Trinity, in Trinidad. And, you know, he's one of those, you ever go to Prospect Park, you see the old man playing, he's Always. still nice, he's still got yep. it. That's my dad, mm. you know, so. So was there an aspect when you were playing ball, even beyond it just being enjoyable and you, you know, kind of flexing and, and bragging a bit with mm. your skills, was there uh, an awareness of, oh, I just like to be active or was it just chilling oh, with your man. homies playing ball? I saw... In the Sydney Olympics in 2000, I saw Vince Carter jump over Frederick Weiss clean. And I was like, I want to be that guy. 
And that was it. I was like, yo. So like my thing is like jumping. Like, and even now, like I do yeah. a lot of plyometric work, but that comes from like I wanted to be Vince Carter. So yes. that guy was phenomenal. You know what I mean? So like it wasn't really a fitness component. It was just like I saw I saw these these people who A look like me mm-hmm. doing these phenomenal athletic feats. And I want yes. to emulate that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The first time you had me in, in the gym, man, you Howie. had me jumping up boxes, <laughs> man. My, my hips, my legs were sore as hell. Man. Doing the but, um, I still got the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll throw one of those in, in here. But um, I want to speak about what led you to the point in your adulthood where you actually fell out of feeling great about your own body and health and becoming your own first client, as you mm-hmm. say. I loved when I saw that somewhere that That's you said on my that. LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. I LinkedIn. didn't know exactly where, but yeah. you said that you were your own Absolutely. first client. That's amazing, man. Absolutely. What What were the things going on in your life that led you to maybe degenerate a bit right. and then eventually say, oh, wow, I got to get my act together? Well, I guess, I guess you're, you're familiar, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, you, you've actually, you've actually been privy to part of, part yes. of that, that musical journey, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I worked in music for a while. Um, I was, I was a rapper first and then I transitioned into doing artist management, artist rep work. And then I, uh, I realized that, um, so A, I had done it for six years. I made $600, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> And it was like, all right, like, I, I love, I, I love going to South by Southwest and I love, you know, doing these, these cool things where I could take pictures of people that got more money than me. But like, dang it, when, when I, when I go back home from South by Southwest, I'm the stock manager at Aldo. Yep. So like, mm-hmm. you know, what are we, what are, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know? So I just felt like, I felt like I was, I was chasing other people's dreams. Mm. Right. And the fact that they were my friends was kind of putting a strain on my friendships. Yes. Because not that I felt resentful towards my my, my guys, but it was just more so like, yo, I, I felt purposeless in in the room a lot of the times. And then, you know, um uh my my girl, we were we were on um we were on rocky rocky yes. grounds. I was out here doing my thing. She was out here doing her thing. So yeah. it was just a culmination of I'm not even gonna say it was a culmination of things. I would say that those two those two realizations were the breaking points, right? Because I think that um, I always tell people to be black, to be under 30, and to just know what's going on outside is to be um, anxious and depressed. Yeah, right. real. On a base that's level. Real. And then what you do with it is, you know what I'm saying, is a different conversation. But just to have that understanding is like, that's, that'll fuck you up. Yeah. You know? So I realized that I had suppressed 24 years of mm. daddy issues, mommy issues, um, just like environmental, environmental issues, right? Mm-hmm. Societal, cultural things, right? I was always, I always spoke like this, you know, and I'm, I'm living in the hood and I'm speaking like this. And it's like, you know, I was always the white boy. So I never, I never understood my blackness or I never valued whatever, you know, yeah, all these things, confusion, all that that you're just dealing with and you, and you're taught as a West Indian you put that, you put them feelings aside and you got a job to do, Yeah, you know? So that at 25, when, when I looked at myself and I was like, yo, I'm going back, I'm back in five towns. I'm a freshman in college again. I'm 20, 25 year old freshman. Niggas is calling me pops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's foul. You you know what I'm saying? Like niggas start to lose the hairline, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was just, it was, it was these, these, uh, these superficial things that really made me look and be like, damn, like, you ain't deal with nothing in life. Yeah. You know, you just been, you just been just running away from your problems and all them shits caught up to you. So I kind of had a break. 
you know, and whatever. Like I, uh, I fucking locked myself in my bathroom door for like my bathroom for like three days. Wow. And public safety had to come get me. Come on. I wouldn't pick up the phone for my mother, all this other shit. Wow. Where at, at your at home? Five towns. Okay. Oh, when you were going towns. to, to mm-hmm. school. Okay. I was back at FTC. Yeah. And that was it. And what, um, and the reason I share that is because what happened was that became a place where I would go to, um, to escape. Like that was the last place that I could go to escape, yeah. but that became the place where I would talk to God. Right. And that's where like the, the narrative shifted in my life where it was like, I was spending all this time in the bathroom, just like smoking weed. Cause you know, you, you ain't gonna smell. You yeah. got my little system. So I'm hot boxing the bathroom. I got cotton. I'm thirsty. You know, I need something else. Yeah. You know, and started opening up the, the Bible app one day and just reading and praying. I started writing these affirmations, started coming wow. out the room little by little. And then me and my homegirl, Anaya, we, uh, we decided, yo, look, we're going to start working out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And I fucking dropped out of college, right? I didn't tell my mom. So I came back home <laughs> and my mom, I told my mom I was going to do like summer session or whatever, right? Yeah. So, so she thought I was going to school. I was waking up at four in the morning. I was going to the gym right there by the crib. Wow. I was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to commute. So I didn't I know like, this. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I was just going to the gym and I, I deleted Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was, you know, off the, off the grid. Like I think Mad Wiz knew I was alive. History knew I was yeah. alive and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't taking nobody else call, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, um, and I started going to the gym every day, you know, 25 mm-hmm. minutes, turning to 35, turning to 45, turning to an hour, I'll come in the gym, I'll stretch for an hour, play basketball for an hour with my mm-hmm. boy B Lodge. Then I would then I would work out for an hour, do all my plyo stuff, then I would hit the sauna, yeah. do the do, you know, do do the whole the whole gamut. Yeah. And it became it became what I was doing to the point where by the time by the time my mom realized I wasn't in school anymore, I was mm-hmm. working on my certification mm-hmm. to become PT. Wow. You, you played know? that smartly man you executed that perfectly especially dealing with a with a caribbean parent um wow that's wild man so i want to know um because it can be such a daunting task for those who just do not know where to start Mm. on their path to exercise Mm. period and you know being a personal trainer now that there is so much misinformation out there and uh I'm not speaking from a point of expertise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I know what works well for me in the gym. Right. And I know that I had to put time into studying right. to see what works well for my body type, what works well that is enjoyable for me. A lot right. of people don't think about that. And um, I think I'm a little bit more well-versed on the dietary side of things. Right. But um, how did you know where to start, what to begin doing, and Didn't. how did you receive this information? <laughs> but I played basketball mm-hmm. for a long time. So... You know, you go to phys ed, they teach you, you stretch, you you um, you um, go run on a treadmill, warm up your joints, and then, you know, you hit the leg press. Like, I'll go in there, and I would go on bodybuilding.com, and there's this guy, Craig Caperso, and I would just steal his whole workout program. <laughs> and I would do, I wasn't doing it right. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't making, I was making a fool out of myself, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't know any better. But I was in the gym, I was disciplined. Yeah. But, um... But for me, I hurt my shoulder. And when I hurt my shoulder, I tried to work through the pain. I literally was getting this pain. I'd I'd overworked my traps and my delts were underworked. So what was happening is I would feel this because the trap's not that big of a muscle. So I would would overhead press and I feel this extreme pain in my neck. So I asked one of the trainers, I was like, yo, like, 
you know, this, 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 uh, I can't, I can't lift over my head no more. I yeah. feel like my whole shit's going to explode. What do I do? So my boy, John, he tells me first, he like, he takes my neck, he pushes it this way. Ooh. He takes his hand, he chops it on my shoulder. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like my ears pop. Right. Wow. And I'm like a whole new man again. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on in here? Yeah. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so he kind of explained to me, he's like, yo, you coming in here. You're working out every day. You're picking up all the muscles. You're jumping up and down. You're going 300,000 miles an hour. Do you stretch? Yeah. Do you, how strong are your joints? Are you, are you, are you taking yourself through phases of programming? Yes. At the time, I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. You know, but. Um, no concept of rest. Yeah. No, yeah. rest. Seven <laughs> days a week. Rest yeah. is, the, is when I'm done working out. Yeah. That's the rest. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything. Yeah. So I would hurt myself. I hurt my knees, hurt my ankles, hurt both the shoulders, you know, but, um, but. To give to give advice to someone who's trying to to get into to start a fitness journey, I would say A, it starts with the diet. Yes. Right. Completely. Come in the gym and you could pick up all the weights and put down all the weights and you're gonna be fat, strong, yeah. and unhealthy. Yeah. Just just period. Like I see you see the strongest dudes mm-hmm. pick up the the biggest weights with the highest blood pressure. Yeah. It's become so cliche, but is one of the truest statements that are out there that you are what you eat. Yeah, man. If you are not consuming the proper building blocks to your DNA and your cells, how are you going to regenerate proper muscle fibers and yeah. joints and, and everything if you're consuming McDonald's Nonsense. and Burger King and all this? You know, I mean, that's why a lot of people think you can get away with eating whatever you want as long as you're exercising, but it's what leads to what you're describing right now. Injury. Yes. Extremely slow recovery. Exactly. So inflammation. You, you can eat whatever you want. Right. I, I, I like to, so I, I, I deal with, I deal with a lot of clientele who they're not, they're not like you in the aspect of you look at, you look at health is like more, more holistic where mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, I don't have like a body aesthetic goal. It's kind yeah. of like, I, I want to be healthy. I want to exist. I want to prolong yes. the quality of my life for as long as possible. That's a different mentality than most people I see coming to a gym, mm-hmm. trying to per- purchase personal training, right? It's a lifestyle thing. I want a fat ass. I want, I want a six pack. I want, you know, to lose the, the cellulite. Yes, or very whatever. superficial goals. Right. Yeah. You know, and then even the ones that they want to be healthy, it's more so, it's more so, aesthetic than it is lifestyle. Yes. Right. So, so it kind of changes, it kind of changes my pitch when I'm, when I'm coaching people, cause you, know, mm-hmm. you gotta coach, you gotta meet people where they at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I, I always tell people, if you're going to eat McDonald's, it's going to sound crazy. Right. But if you work at nine to five and you're going to eat French fries, eat them shits in the morning, <laughs> eat them first thing in the morning. Right. Cause if you, cause if you put the carbs in your system, early while your body is active, you're going to process it. Mm, you're going to break it yeah. down. Now, granted, you're putting a terrible carbon to your system, yes. right? You're going to deal with all the other toxins that are going into your body. Yeah. But from a, a macronutrient standpoint, like if you want a carbohydrate mm-hmm. and you want it specifically to be French fries, eat it when you start your day. Yeah. Because right? you have the opportunity to burn it off and exactly. work it off. It's, if it's you eat the French fries before you go to sleep, yes, it's quiet for you. Exactly what I was about to advise against mm-hmm. from what I've learned from my studies. Mm-hmm. Is if you're eating a shit ton of carbs at night and then you're going to lay down, it's quiet. you're going to watch a movie, your body has no opportunity to work that off even until following mm-hmm. up until the next morning and afternoon. And after three, four o'clock, it's begun to shut down. Yeah. It's begun yeah. to prepare for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what you so what you put in there is storing. That's tomorrow's yeah. energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you put it in your system, 
on cool down. Mm-hmm. You're not doing nothing with it. Unless you're going to go to the gym. You know you're going to go to the gym. You can have some rice. And then go right to the gym, though. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So these challenges that you came across, you know, injuring your shoulder, the neck pain, mm-hmm. the knees, uh, just going 300 miles an hour, like yeah. you said, you had somebody come in and kind of school you yeah. a bit. And how important was that for you? And what would you suggest to others when it comes to starting this journey? Would you suggest start slow, right. find someone who knows a little bit more, YouTube videos, right. whatever? So if you can afford it, get a personal trainer. And I don't say that just because I'm a personal trainer. But also, if um, if you want... I'm looking for the right analogy, right? If if you if you're a rapper and you want and you want a beat, right? If you want it done right, like you might try it yourself, but yeah. you might want to hit up a producer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so from that standpoint, you know, give the professional idea a, a, a chance to program you, yes. right? To take you through phases from from mobility release, right, to resistance. I mean, to endurance, to resistance, to strength, right? But but you gotta but you gotta kind of you got to kind of peel the layers back on this and, and and not look at yourself as I don't know I'm, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm talking to like my clients specifically in my gym no, right that's perfect but, Fine. <laughs> but you know I, I deal with a lot of people who are like yo I uh I want to exercise um I want to be in the I want to be in the gym I know what I'm doing just mm. show me some machines yeah just uh you know just just help me where I need the help yeah you know it's like listen if you had the answers, you wouldn't need us. Exactly. You know, but if you're one of these people who, hey, I, I don't want it. Or if it's like, yo, it's a, it's a cost I can't incur right now, which yeah. is fair. Um, I would say figure out how to stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, myofascial release. So, so foam rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, lacrosse ball, anything. Yeah, the lacrosse <laughs> ball, the therapy ball. Yeah. Um, and 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 start to release the muscles and then strengthen the joints, mm-hmm. right? Every program should start with release and joint strength because if you're thinking about foundation, the muscles sit on the joint, right? So so if the joint's weak and the muscle is strong, what's going to happen when you try to pull something crazy with a strong muscle? Mm. Pull the joint, yeah. you know? So you got to start from the joint, make sure the shoulders, the, mm-hmm. the, the scap can retract properly, yes. you know, Proper and, mobility. and then you work the delts. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yes. So, you know, just just make sure just make sure you're not running in the gym picking up all the weights. Yeah, I think uh, and and that's one of the best, most practical and simple uh, pieces of advice you can yeah. give is to really start with a stretching regimen, yeah. whether it's yoga or just your own stretches. Because Absolutely. I always say the body knows what needs to be stretched, Absolutely. and the language it speaks in is pain. Pain, hell yeah. What you, what you're stretching and where you're feeling absolutely zero pain is probably where you shouldn't be stretching. If it's right. incredibly easy for you to do a certain stretch or pose, that's probably not where you need to work at the most. And then also, so boom, if if the lateral portion of your calf is tight, right, that could mean that the tension buildup is right there. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that's just where the source of the pain is. But the actual the origin, tension, the is origin point is elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? So get to know, like you said, get to know your muscles, man. Get yeah. to know your body. Yeah. You know? I think it's just that, um, which is something I want to speak on with you, is just overall simple, basic awareness of your mm-hmm. own body. I feel like in today's age, for a plethora of reasons, 
many people are just not aware yeah. of their own body. And it's not even not knowing basic anatomy. It's not having being in tune, being, being in tune having simple awareness. And I feel like there's only, not that there's only, there's actually so, there's many ways to improve being aware of mm. your body and being more present. And slowing down is one of the one of the best things you could possibly do. And I really want to speak about the proper management of taking time to rest. Mm-hmm. Because we, when you get on this path, you can, like you yeah. said, go 400 miles yeah, an hour. You're, you're talking to the wrong guy about rest. Yeah, <laughs> but but still, <laughs> but we, I do understand we, the we, value. We, we've had discuss we've had discussions about yeah. this briefly, though. I know you your rest is not only laying down. Mm-hmm. Or stopping exercising, mm-hmm. even rest is releasing those joints and tendons. Mm-hmm. Rest is going to the sauna for thirty minutes every day. Rest can just be this maintenance of mm-hmm. the body. Rest that's, that's what going I speak to church. To. Yeah, church exactly. Mm-hmm. Spiritual practice, meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that for you? Because although you're seven days a week, yeah, in the gym, I know you have personal methods of restoring and nourishing yeah. your body. It's funny. It's funny you say that when I started, because, you know, I, I come from a place where, like I said, I, I made $600 in six years mm-hmm. from music. Right? I always had a, a little side hustle. So when I got this job, it was like, I have an opportunity to make money, like real money. What? I was, I was in, I was, I was training privately and corporately. So I'd yes. be at, I was training my guy, Curtis's studio, Curtis Ray Fitness. And I was, um, I was there from four in the morning till nine in the morning. Then I was at 24 from nine in the morning till seven at night. Wow. Then I would come back to Curtis for a little nighttime session and I'd be home by 10 o'clock, right? No break. I was going. Yeah. And it's funny because my boss at 24 was like, yo, this guy don't do shit. He's never yeah. here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I was, I was ping-ponging. So the yeah. minute I'm done training, I'm right up, right back out the building. I got to go do something else. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm back and forth, back and forth. Literally burnt, stopped working out. I burnt out. Yeah. Just straight burnt out. So what I did is I decided, I decided I don't care. A, I stopped private training mm-hmm. just because I didn't, I didn't have the time. So, yeah. you know, there's not enough money that's going to take my health away. So, you know, I would, um, I would show up to the gym at 8 o'clock in the morning. I leave at 2 p.m. Yep. Between 2 and 5 p.m., that's my time. Yeah. I don't pick up the phone for my boss. I don't pick up the phone. I'll pick up the phone for my mom. Of you course, I pick up the as phone you for, should. Yeah, but, but I don't really pick up the phone for nothing professional at that point, even for my clients. And they know. They know not to call me on a Sunday. They know not to call me between the hours of 2 and 5 p.m. Because mm-hmm. that's Shamari's time. Yes. And then Sunday is my time that I take to, to restore myself, right? But then on a daily basis, like from a workout standpoint, it don't, it don't really, it don't really matter what type of workout I'm doing. I'm just going to be focused on losing my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter what kind of, what kind of workout I'm doing or what the day holds. I have to do my mobility. I have to foam roll. Yes. I have to, I have to take care of my body in that way. Even if I don't work out, I'm at home. I got the little hypervolt, the hyperized therapy gun. Yep. I'm on my, I'm on my pecs. I'm on, I'm on the, um, the quads, my calves, whatever, just continue, continuously releasing my body. Mm-hmm. But overall, uh, what keeps me peaceful is my relationship with God, man. Yes. Like that's, that supersedes all of this. Yes. You know, I could stretch till I'm blue in the face, mm-hmm. but if, if up here is not right with yeah. him, then I'm just not right. 
mm-hmm. you know so i couldn't agree more yeah. man and i think that was one of the biggest inspirations behind me bringing you up here because i'm not only inspired by as as a homie of yours by the physical aspect yeah. of your work but the mental and spiritual because as you know me that Absolutely. that comes before everything Absolutely. as you say and you don't have anything else without that mm-hmm. first and i believe personally other people may debate this but Working on yourself in this physical realm mm. is directly related to working on yourself on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people like to discard the body completely and not understand that there is a balance. Of course, mm. you are not the body. It is not all that you are and live for is for this vessel. Mm-hmm. But there is a deep spiritual practice in taking care of this temple that you have. And I feel like you're someone who achieves a great balance of that. And I'm just so curious, you've alluded to it a bit just now, but how important your relationship with God and your own spirit and community and family is to you and how it also helps fuel you on this physical journey of yours. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's peace, you Mm. know? Uh, feelings are fleeting, right? So, be happy one day, you sad one day. Those those things, you're angry, whatever. But um, but those things are never sustained, right? So, I think with having a relationship with God, it gives you that peace when it's tough. It gives you that that mellow when it's too good. Mm-hmm. It gives you that um that grace when you're angry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just he just he he finds a way, you know. And and for me, it's to your point, if you read the Bible, it says you you honor him with your mind, your body, and your your spirit, mm-hmm. right? And very and very often do we neglect the body. Yes. Right. And then also in the black church, eight times out of ten, the pastor is not honoring the the Lord yeah. with his body, yeah. right? He eating fried chicken, he's doing mm-hmm. this, we having, you know, all this southern good home cooking. So yeah. You know, that's a narrative that, I mean, that's a reality that kind of goes overlooked, even, even in our most sanctified, holy, you know, thought leaders in our communities. Right. But, um, so for me, I think my, my purpose is to spread that is like, yo, look, yes, you honor him with your soul, with your, with your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. But your body too, bro. Because if, if you ain't operating at peak form, right. If the, if the, if the actual chemical balance of your body is off, yes. How is your mental going to be right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How are you going to be able to discern what he's trying to tell you? Yeah. What he's trying to show you? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how are you going to be able to, to, move with, to move with integrity through these things if your actual chemicals are imbalanced? Yes. And how yeah. grateful are you actually for this life? Right. If yeah. you've been given a beautiful plot of land with all the right. proper nutrients and all flowers the resources you and need, everything you need, mm-hmm. and you neglect it. Mm-hmm. And you focus on the material, mm-hmm. the aesthetic, as many people do when it comes to exercising. I think uh, that just leads to disaster, disappointment, yeah, and depression. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, I uh, one one thing I'm always going to do is be part of my community, mm-hmm. right? Like I uh, like we were talking just now in. in it's like, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather do it for what I'm worth. I'd do it for free. Yeah. Right. And like my thing is I, I really want to bring the same way, like, let's say Charlemagne is bringing mental health awareness to our mm-hmm. communities. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to bring that physical health awareness. Right. Yes. Like to put the lard down, fam, like because, 
you know, not to sound condescending, but it's just really killing us, bro. It it's is. Just, it's condescending, just, no, it's a reality. But you, you know, <laughs> people don't like to hear it. People don't like to be told, like, yeah. what to eat. Like, I had a lady tell me, one, one of my assessments, she told me, she was like, yo, she's from Trinidad. She's like, yo, if I just have to put roti dong, then... <laughs> Then I go stiff up, and I'm like, all right, like, yeah. Yeah. or you could just put the roti down, and, yeah, and or at add, least have a balance, right? You know, but you, but you also like well into your fifties, you yeah. are, you are older woman, and you telling me that that you you pre diabetic and all of this, yeah. but you ain't gonna sacrifice the roti, yeah, you know, some curry chicken and roti gone, yeah, gone, ain't gonna save your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, but. Something uh, a master holistic health coach named Paul Check, who I'll probably reference a couple times throughout the series of this podcast, but mm. um, and who I think I've sent you some of his videos. Yeah, but he yeah, speaks yeah. about you know there's the eighty twenty rule when it comes to working and many things, but his eighty twenty rule in fitness is you exercise and eat well at least eighty percent of the time, mm-hmm. so that when you do break away from that twenty percent of the time. Mm-hmm it doesn't impact you as much as it would right. if you're eating the roti lifestyle. 50% of the time, you know? So I feel like sometimes people become too rigid with yeah. this idea of what it is to be healthy. And uh, how healthy are you really if you can't enjoy something your that... Life. Yeah, you can't enjoy your life. You can't enjoy something that may be traditionally significant to you mm-hmm. and you want to enjoy every now and then. Uh, you have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit right but to understand that if you're good you know a large portion of the time you you know cookie's not going to kill you so tell me what you think about this Mm -hmm. i think that sacrifice is unsustainable Mm. meaning that if so when clients ask me about diets and they tell me what do i have to give up eating i was telling them yo if you're looking at it from like what do i have to stop doing you're never going to do this, mm. right? Because it's always going to be something that you're giving up, right? So it's always going to be... Concept of lack. Right. Yeah. As opposed to opportunity to grow, mm. right? What can you add to your diet? So like I never, I never tell my clients, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Because you, you're not stupid. Yeah. You know, you, know, you know the foods that are going to kill you, yeah. right? But let's introduce a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's introduce a fiber carb instead of a starchy carb. Yes. Let's, let's do a pear over bag of potato chips yeah you know like let's let's start to introduce healthy options into our diet mm-hmm. instead of cutting off all the bad ones yeah right if you're gonna have that cheesecake have that cheesecake yeah. fam and enjoy it because you live mm-hmm. once but also know that that just can't be your mo yeah. you can't just be the cheesecake yeah, 100% lady. Of the time. <laughs> you know and i mean? think what a lot of people don't understand i think it's why cooking for yourself is so important mm-hmm. and something that i like to preach a lot because a lot of people are just addicted to flavors and mm-hmm. taste and do not understand that. I would say for myself, I'm just creating a number, but for myself, 90% of the time you could eat in health, a healthy alternative that has the same flavor yeah. cooking it yourself. You don't always need to run to the store-bought cookies and donuts. Yeah. Learn how to bake simply and use whole ingredients and a little bit of a natural sweetener or yeah. something. You know, And I feel like just this simple education can go such a long way. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you seen that with your clients, you know, of just like the ones mm-hmm. who have just taken what you've said and, okay, let me not be too strict, but just yeah. do the best I can. 
So I have I have this one guy, uh, Calvin. It's my dog. Oh, Cal's yeah. a legend, man. Uh, Cal- he, Calvin he's has like, become, he's like your, yeah, your I know. whatever the thing that sculptors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a it's, it's my reasonable doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your magnum opus, <laughs> you know? man. Cal, skinny but Cal. It's skinny Cal now, <laughs> and we turning him into brolic Cal next. <laughs> but uh, but he um, he's he's just a testament to. Just everything that we've been talking about. Like, yeah. if you just take the information, you run with it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but he came in. He was uh, was 239 when I got him. And I was brand new trainer. So I yes. told him, I was like, yo, listen, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't really know much of nothing. Mm-hmm. But everything that I tell you, trust and believe, I'm going to research it and make yes. sure that that I'm not telling you some bullshit. So I'm not going to tell you a lot in the beginning, but I'm going to continuously learn, yeah. right? And I think me offering him that transparency, he uh, he was willing to grow with me, right? Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, I have Cal doing a whole bunch of nonsense, just yeah. a whole bunch of nonsense. But <laughs> he was moving. But he was moving. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? He yeah. was moving. So like the first two months, we had these like five pound losses and, um, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't that excellent. And then I started to, to put the regiment together for real, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my fitness mentor, Lisa Davis, she got, she got hired at my gym to be, to be the assistant fitness manager. And she kind of, she kind of put sunk her teeth into me and was like, mm-hmm. yo, look, you're going to be good at this. I'm going to help you, yes. you know, and she helped me structure a program. She put me on to, to nutrient timing and, mm-hmm. and how to eat food so that yes. it serves your body. Mm-hmm. And I took everything that she gave me and I implemented it with Calvin. Calvin lost 13 pounds. Wow. Like in a month. Yeah. Right. And then the next month, Calvin lost eight. Then he lost nine. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now it's like Calvin's down to 175. And now we're trying to get him back up to 200, mm. but 200 of muscle. Yes. You know, so, but he, but I, I, I talk about Calvin because Calvin's like, Every, around every corner, every little piece of planning and programming and and coaching that I've given him, he's taken. Mm. And it just shows. Humbly. It just it literally, literally yeah. to the point where like, that's my friend. Yes. You know, like that's my real life friend. Like I go out drinking with Calvin. Like that's one yeah. of the first people I call now. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. my dog. We go in Atlanta next month to mm-hmm. go, to go, um, you know, roller skate at Cascade, yeah. like little Bow Wow. <laughs> oh, you know what classic, I'm saying? Legendary. Like the legend little yeah. Bow Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you but know. No, that's amazing, man. To be receptive yeah. is to be the best student yeah. you can possibly be. And that's something that you don't see in the men at the gym mm. you know and that, there's ego yeah man especially like you know my body's not like yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm solid but yeah. i'm not like ct fletcher i'm not like yeah. this you know i'm not <laughs> yeah. banging the weights yeah. not huge arms yeah. so like if you got huge arms and, and but you deadlifting wrong, you rounding your back, and I come over, I try to give you advice. Yeah, what this little nigga know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't pick up. He can't pick this up. Yeah, you know. So so it becomes that thing. It's, this, mm-hmm. it's the male posturing, dick swinging yeah. thing. But then when you when you try to, but then when you deal with the women, they're just so much more malleable. Oh word, this. I'm, if I lunge like this, I'm, I'm gonna break up my knees. All right, thank you. You know. Yeah. So. There's there's that portion. So Calvin's just like a real testament. He's just a real special person. Yeah. You know, because he's just he's older than me. You know, like he, he got this 27 year old kid yelling at him. He's 37. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. He he's supposed to. He is. This is not supposed to happen the yes. way that it happened. Well, you have to be humble on, especially on uh, in all aspects of life, yeah. but on the fitness path, because you know, at my gym, it's very laid back gym. I like it because there's no um, overt competition going mm. on everyone's very peaceful it's community oriented and um one day i was doing something uh some cable cable pulls right 
Um, I forgot exactly what I was doing because what I was doing actually didn't make any sense. This was <laughs> this was like about a year ago or mm-hmm. something. And um, this guy who's at the gym often very, very large, just completely swole and uh, very intimidating, just, you know, not a friendly face. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I always just, I never saw him as like someone to say what's up to, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid or no, I, wasn't, I wasn't even intimidated, but no, he had an intimidating it. character I get and just it. did his thing, you know, stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but he saw me doing this exercise and he comes over very politely, mm-hmm. very gently and just corrects me with mm-hmm. what I was doing. And I remember just feeling, <laughs> it sounds crazy to say, but I was just so, I was almost emotional at how grateful yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. to him and how how uh, how much he saw. Okay, let me, you know, I know a little right. bit more. Let me just school this kid on something. And I was open to what he taught me. And ever since, I've never forgotten the proper right. form for that exercise. And that's a testament to you as a person, though. Mm. You know, because everybody, yeah. everybody ain't built like that. Yeah. Everybody can't sit down, shut up, and listen. Yeah, I bring that up because I think if that exact man was to do that with some of the other men in the gym, they would have been like, yo, dude, I don't need your help, (laughs) you know? But for me, being receptive in life, period, is what allows you to Mm -hmm. learn, to be Mm -hmm. malleable, to be flexible, to not always think that you know it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And I'm still, I'm learning from you just through your Instagram. I'm like really trying to implement the workouts that I see you post on there. That's why I'm doing the movements of the week now. People told good. me, they was like, yo, you need you need to have host a place for people to see what you're doing yeah. and, and just kind of live with it yeah. instead of it disappearing and, and let me after speak on something hours. I love about your style and your approach. You are truly all about functional strength. Yeah, you're not yeah. about the aesthetics. Yeah, no, uh, sure. <laughs> and it's like, just from my small amount of research and my experience, mm. I'm not someone who feels great when I'm only working on stabilized machines, right. pushing simply. I'm someone who- It's not lo- fun. It's not fun. And I like to recreate how muscle and strength is built in nature. Mm-hmm. It is so important to me. It doesn't make sense to only do these stabilized, very simple, isolated muscle movements when that in don't life make much sense. are you going to do this? Yeah. Especially like, and have something to support your back. Right. When <laughs> in life are you going to- uh, arch your back, right? Engage your pecs and just sit here and do this, right? Uh, basketball players, they, they, they do strength training and mm-hmm. they do transfer of power, transfer of strength, right? So you apply it. So like you would do a deadlift, right? You would deadlift heavy and then you would, you know, when like um, a basketball player takes like one pound dribble and steps, mm-hmm. takes two steps, attacks. movement. Right. So you would, you would practice those. You would do a pound dribble. You would take two steps and explode. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you're transferring the power that you work, like the glute strength, the hip strength, the hamstring strength that you develop from the deadlift into something that you're going to use in real life. So I do the same thing. Granted, I'm not going to the pros to play any sort of sport, yeah. but I want to know that if I'm in a life and death situation. Yes my body is going to respond mm-hmm. in a way that I can, I can protect myself in a situation that's outside of the gym. Yes. You know, I could bench press all day long, but if something falls on my chest, can I catch that shit? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's two different, it's two different that's applications. That's actually training your nervous power. system. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's what plyometrics is. It's literally taxing on the CNS, mm-hmm. right? Which is why you're only supposed to do it every two days because you got to let your CNS recover. Yes. Right. But yeah, that's, I love yeah. that aspect of you, man, because, um, when I, you know, started YouTubing some things and mm-hmm. just 
tuning into my own body, those were the types of workouts I was the most mm -hmm. attracted to. The Swiss ball, mm -hmm. doing things with the BOSU ball, you know, just doing shoulder presses with yeah. one foot up. And, that's and, the impressive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel stuff. like that's what, it just makes the most amount of sense mm -hmm. to me. And I feel like I don't like to critique because I don't, I know 1% of this path and I know it works for me. Me too. But I see... I don't know shit. I see a clear path to injury for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And it's it's almost hurt, hurtful to see because I know uh, if only they had the right personal trainer, mm -hmm. if only they had the right resources to learn how to properly use their body. And, you know, one day, one day I'm I'm going I'm to be able to provide that. Like, I yes. know that I'm speaking into existence, you know, so so yeah. the world going to hear it because I know the world going to see this. Right. But, you know, my thing is... I, in my community, we don't have those those infrastructures, mm. right? So I would much rather be at Equinox training some rich white people at $125 a session <laughs> yeah. and then taking that bread and opening up facilities in the mm -hmm. hood for, for our people to to learn movement strategy, to learn healthy, healthy lifestyle for free. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I look at it like that. Like I'll, go, I'll go take, I'll be Robin Hood of this shit. You know, I'll go yeah. take the, the money from the corporations and we go bring it here, you know, mm -hmm. so that I don't got to be training. A lot of my clientele is black and under 30 making 60 to 80 racks a year. So when I ask them for the money I'm asking them for, you know, they're making financial, financial sacrifices to make it happen. Yes. You know, I'd much rather be training people who don't have to make financial sacrifices and, you know, setting up infrastructure for the people who do yes. to be able to do it at a subsidized cost. To be able to right? reinvest your earnings. Yeah, so. So this is a, a deep vision of yours. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Mm, it's happening. We're we taking the steps. We're taking the steps right now, you know. Mm -hmm. Just, at first I got to free myself financially and then yes. start to, start to, uh, start to empower people around me and, you know, and build from there. But. Yeah. yeah. So in general, uh, I would just love for you to describe, I think, it's common sense to some people, but I think it's worthy when they hear it from a source who has shown improved. Mm. But just how valuable has been this fitness journey to your life in general? Your your mentality, your mind, your your yeah. sharpness, your clarity. Save my life, man. Mm. Save my life. <laughs> you know, I, there's this picture that you took outside of No Mystery, and it's the picture that I show every single one of my clients. That it's like, yo, this is where I was, yeah. you know, I know and like, exactly yeah. Though. And I look at that, and it's like, yo, that was just, that was a really rough time in life. That was a very unhappy moment. And I look at all those pictures from those times. I can just see it in my face, like, yo, you, I just never wanted to be around, you know. And I think, a taking the narrative back superficially has been awesome, you know, like. Like, just the attention that you get, you know? I ain't gonna lie, that shit is popping, you know? Of course. But then... Of course. But then on a real, a real level, A, I used to walk up the stairs, and um, and my back would hurt, like, 22, 23 years old, you know? Yeah, uh, When I started to get a, a belly, my my belly button, you would get the little navel, um, <laughs> the little... In it, but you stick yeah. your finger in your belly button, yeah. that shit would stink, son. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could sustain a yeah. stinky belly button yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, but but it was like those little things where mm -hmm. you kind of just take the power back in your life because yeah. those those small things that that you allow to to beat at your security, you know, those are the things that that really eat at you. So when yes. you come out and you're talking about you insecure, it's really because your belly button's stinky. Yeah. You don't want to tell niggas. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? the aesthetics do matter they to do. a certain extent. I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking at yourself yeah. and saying, I love, I love how what I, I see, man. Like, yes. 
that was that was good. You know, I was 23 years old with no hairline, with a receding hairline. You know, I had waves in high school, son. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what it is? I felt, in, in all honesty, I felt like I'm the definition of like when 50 was like, damn, homie, in high school, you was the yeah. man. What the fuck happened to you? Like, that was me damn, for a that minute. that spoke to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like... So like what I'm gonna do after, you know, mm-hmm. like how I'm gonna how I'm gonna reclaim reclaim my time. You yes. know what I mean? So this this fitness journey has been me finding a purpose, reclaiming my time and my life and 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 actually developing a testimony or having a testimony to share with people, like having a reason for you to come here to come here and, and hit me and be like, yo, you wanna talk to me about my story. Word. You know, like that's that's this is the story you wanna talk about. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they just don't want to know about me in music. That's yeah. that's cool, but that's yeah. not as interesting as or as purposeful and meaningful as a transition of someone who who had no no self-image, no relationship with with God, no um, no real purpose to where I am now. Like yes. that's that's important. Yes, this you know? has been a huge transformational journey for you. Yeah. And uh, you've been through a lot. You've been yeah, through man. a lot, man. I know you personally. Yeah, and uh, I'm just so grateful for you coming on here, Appreciate man. That. Really. I want to ask you a few final questions I've been yeah. asking some of the other guests. Uh, who are some people, maybe two or three inspirations in your life right now? It could be musically, it could be fitness-wise, mm-hmm. educators, family members, whoever. I, I would have to honestly... Um, my uh my mentors in fitness uh Martel Martel and uh and Lisa my uh my two my two fitness managers at 24 and honestly you know they helped grow me up mm. you know I was mad sensitive son like, <laughs> I was I was bullshitting at 24 hour fitness and one time I walked into the job and I walked I walked right into that front desk and I, I went to give Martel a dap Martel looked at me I know you from somewhere And that shit hurt my ego Like crazy But he was wow. like Yo look He said you got till January 15th To get your job together To get your life together You find a new place to work Wow But I will tell you though That was the type of fire I needed Because yes. ever since then I've been 150 session trainer Making uh, Beating the the, uh, the sales record Beating my sales record Consistently Every single month Right I've wow. been top dog Incredible. In the gym Every single month So like so I, but I really credit Martel and Lisa for for not taking my bullshit, yeah. not taking my excuses, but then also caring about me and taking the time to yes. to really to really dive into to helping me yeah. to help me grow. Wow! Shout out to the mentors, man. Mm-hmm. I uh, something I've been experiencing in my life personally mm-hmm. with uh, certain people who I go to for advice, and I've been incredibly grateful. As much as it can hurt in moments when someone yeah. gives you that tough love, because. Really, sometimes they're just stroking that fire you have within yep. you. Yeah. Okay. I think I may know the answer to this one already, but and it's been pretty evident throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> but what is something you do every day that you would consider ceremonial? You know, something that you do to get your mind right, something you do to <laughs> inspire you. Smoke weed. <laughs> it's so funny, man. So many of my homies, that's like the go-to response. Nah, nah, but, <laughs> but I know there's always deeper, deeper yeah. layers to your day. Something you like to do almost ritualistically. I pray every morning. Yeah. Every morning I wake up, I read a devotional. Um, I make sure that I post a little something that spoke to me Which on my I Instagram. Love every morning. Yeah, every, so I, I share with people. I read them almost every yeah, day. Yeah, man. yeah. And, that, and that's yeah. what it's for. It's for, because I know, I know people need that, that type of motivation in the morning, so... You know, just just making sure that making sure that I have a relationship with God. Somebody asked me if I know how to um to manifest miracles on a daily basis, mm. and it's like, and I don't ever want to seem like I don't know something. So I was like, yeah, pray. 
He was like, yeah, that's one of them. He's like, mm-hmm. you pray, you go to church, you um, you read the Bible, you um, you disciple people, and then you find somebody who knows more than you to disciple you. Mm. You know, so that's a gem, man. Yeah, so I'm working on growing to that to that level of um, of of uh, spiritual growth. But um, but yeah, I start I start my day I start my day with God. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I had an elder teach me one time. He was speaking about his his form of worship, but he would say. This is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What is uh, an area of your life right now that you're personally trying to master? Mm, time management, time management, money management. Mm. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. I think if I could, um, I, I guess that's the key to life, right? Like the balance of money and time. Yeah. But, um, but if I could figure out how to give myself a little bit more time in the day to prioritize friends and family, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a real way and not in a, um, and not in an ob- obligatory way, which, yeah. you know, sometimes we have a tendency to do. We spend times with the people that we love because we know we have to, but like, you know, to be more intentional in that way. And then also to provide myself with some financial freedom so that, you know, next year meets me with a whole new story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Beautiful, well, man. A whole new story of, uh, of wealth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Well, you're well on the path, brother. Yeah, and, appreciate uh, you, bro. I learned so much just from this conversation myself, man. That's why I love this platform we're, yeah. bu- we're building here. This is awesome, the ceremony, man. man. This is Thank awesome. You. I got to be interviewed by my generation's Fab Five Freddy's, son. Wow. As as wow. coined <laughs> by Fab Five Freddy's. I was telling, I was telling, um, I was telling uh, my friends before before I was doing the interview. I'm like, yo, like. I'm about to, I was trying to explain who you were, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, yo, like, you know, Fat Five Freddy, but you know, he's young. I'm yeah. fucking Fat Five Freddy. I'm like, yeah, you know, nigga, to introduce uh, Madonna to Basquiat. <laughs> they don't know Madonna or Basquiat. Yeah. But I'm like, but nah, but my my boy Fifth Guy, he like, Fat Five Freddy of the underground. Watch, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come together. Watch, you just, you just wait. He, no, I say you was like DJ Khaled of the underground. Oh, wow. That was, yeah, that's that was, like, that's the, a common yeah, that, that was the analogy I used, you <laughs> know? Word, word. And it was like, all right, well, that's cool, whatever. But yeah. I was like, y'all niggas going to see. That's Shit going to be popping. Thank you. You've you shown me love since day one, man. Course, so bro. it's much appreciate of course brother. man and i can see us having a lot more dialogues on this platform of because course. you have a lot to share your journey is far from over as of is mine and uh you're welcome anytime brother me love oh, man this is Thank cool you, brother. son yo I feel like an adult <laughs> peace out adult i'm about to tell my mom i did this shit word up man Ooh, anytime mom, bro <laughs> Thank you all for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed this show, please take another moment to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on Instagram at The Masters of Ceremony. I really enjoyed this episode with my brother Shamari, and I hope to have more guests on here who can speak so eloquently about the path of fitness, health and wellness, and proper nourishment and nutrition in both a spiritual and physical sense. And for those interested in winning a free limited edition vinyl of my hip hop album, The Fifth Tape, please leave a review on the Masters of Ceremony Apple podcast page or subscribe to our newsletter via fifthgod.com. Thank you guys for all your support and see you next week. Peace.